On this episode, I invited my friend S.P. Simone to talk about episode 3 of season 13 of RuPaul's Drag Race. We discussed the Porkchop Queens and their rendition of Phenomenomenon and how long it takes Kimora Hall to get ready. We also discussed her experience moving from L.A. to L.A. Want to hear a bit about her? All right, here we go. Espy Azalea Simone relocated to Los Angeles, California from Baton Rouge, Louisiana in August of 2017. A graduate of Louisiana State University's theater program, she prides herself in delivering a mixture of comedic and passionate performances. She is a performer that you won't want to take your eyes off of. Are you ready to jump into this week's episode? All right, right after this message. Hello, Espy. How are you doing today? I am good. It is early, but I'm great. Um, yeah, that, I'm just good. It's a I good weekend. That. I love that. Yes. I mean, it's a long weekend because we got MLK Day, so hallelujah. <laughs> yes, and I took some vacation time off of work, so I had a whopping six days off. Yes! Yes, Friday to Wednesday. I'm living it. Why? Because you deserve. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. So first, tell me about your name. So I notoriously called you, in my mind, Espe Alizé Simonier, just because I kept adding spice to it because there are lots of accents. <laughs> but tell us yeah. your official name. <laughs> okay, so my official drag name is Espe Azalea Simone. I kind of fluctuate sometimes because it comes from Espeon. Like my nickname. Okay, it's weird. Not weird. My full drag name is technically Espeon Azalea Simone. Uh huh. But then I use Espe Azalea Simone. So I kind of hop between the two. That's, That's cute. Like, I mean, you know, people have nicknames. That's kind of like the, you know. I was trying to think of an example, but my brain stopped working, so. <laughs> yeah, but that's why on Facebook sometimes you'll wake up and you'll see Espeon. Uh-huh. And then, like, two months later when Facebook let me change my name again, I'm like, okay, let's do it. And then you just see Espy. Everybody be confused <laughs> as to what exactly is my name. That's oh all right. I also saw on your um, Facebook where you was like, uh, catch me in two months when I get bored and change from Charles to SB on Facebook. Oh, yeah. I also go back to Charles sometimes. It just honestly depends on my mood when Facebook allows me to change my name again. I love it. As drag queens, we are always changing our identity and switching it up. So, you know, you got to keep it fresh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so did you get started in drag in Louisiana? Yes, I got started in drag. March 4th, 2016 at Splash Nightclub. Ooh, Splash. For the first ever drag search. Yes. I remember this moment mainly because me and um Miss London Manchester. Yes. We were actually really good friends before we started drag. We went to school together. We were the same major and we were working on a play together when we saw the flyer and we just kind of both looked at each other and both said I'll do it if you do it Ah, yes and look at y'all now (laughs) right so that was kind of the moment where we decided okay we're gonna sign up we're gonna go do it and then the rest was history um I lost that night but don't tell London I said that because I like to remind her that I won even though she was the winner. 
okay, look, she might have won the, the the trophy, but everyone knows who really won. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, while I did lose that night, I did go back. This was after I moved to California, and I competed in what was supposed to be the all-star version of it, but I guess they didn't have enough people signed up, so they just changed it to Louisiana's Ultimate Entertainer 2019, and I won that one. Okay, look, we love it. When a queen doesn't win on Drag Race, what does she do? She comes back on All Stars. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I love that. And um, this is like London's second time being mentioned on the podcast, so we just don't need to get her up in here, okay, so she can speak for herself. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so you said that you moved to California. What is that like? Like, is it different? The You're in L.A., right? Yes, I am in Los Angeles. So is the LA scene different than the Louisiana drag scene? Yes. <laughs> in quite a few different ways. Now, I know the girls out here probably going to read me for this. Ooh. But Louisiana is very performance-based. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, looks matter. The queens in Louisiana are very beautiful. But they can perform. They have a stage yes. presence. Yes. In LA, it's very looks based. Long as you look good, you fine. <laughs> not everybody out here is that strong of performance. Gotcha. So a lot of queen, a lot of performers in general out here tend to look very good, but you don't stay entertained that long when they on stage. Gotcha. I definitely feel that. I mean, it kind of ties into the whole, you know, L.A., Hollywood, the glitz and glam of it all, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Whereas down here in the South, look, we don't have that infrastructure. We got to work a little bit harder for that coin. OK, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I love hearing that. Uh, what are some of your aspirations with your drag? Like, did you move to California for your drag career? Or, like, to be a movie star? What is it? So, I actually moved to California to go to law school. Oh, even better. And, Real job. Um, <laughs> you know how life goes. And you know how school goes. Um, I like to tell people I'm a law school dropout, even though I never actually started law school. Um, <laughs> I dropped out before I decided to even um, enroll. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, I never went to law school, but then... Drag is always something I enjoyed. I have a degree in theater, so I was like, you know what? L.A. is still a good place to be. Yes. Aspiration-wise, I'm still that angsty 20-something-year-old who's like, oh, I'm kind of figuring out what I'm doing in life. I used to feel bad about it until I looked at all the other 20-something-year-olds around me. I'm like, okay, we all just lost. Oh, absolutely. Like, I am also in my 20s, even though I'm getting close to the exit. But, oh, uh, I am too. like, you don't have to feel like you have it all figured out because some people don't figure that shit out till they're 35. So, yeah. So, right <laughs> now, I am performing. I have a job that pays me very well. And yeah. I can afford my rent in LA, which is oh, a blessing in and out of itself, especially during mm -hmm. the pandemic. Yep. Yep. And I am living. And being happy, that's it. I do, my... That is an act of, of radical, you know, joy. And that should be celebrated because everything around us is working to make us not be happy and live. So the fact that you are living and you are happy is 
excellent. <laughs> exactly. Kind of like Beyonce said when they said, what are your aspirations? To be happy. This, to be happy. <laughs> That's it. As <laughs> long as I'm yeah. happy. As long as my uh check got some money being taken out going into that 401k, I'm like, okay. This is fine. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. Well, let's start talking about this whole RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, Who is your favorite queen of all time on RuPaul's Drag Race? Okay. I struggle with that one. <laughs> because I always say nobody would ever replace Shangela. I mean, she's irreplaceable. Right. But I also... um. Didn't I realize that Shea Coulee existed? At that point, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. But Shangela, I thoroughly enjoy. I actually ran her fan club on Twitter in high school. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I was um, the Fangela's. Yes, um, the Fangela's. So she is, like, my untouchable favorite. But Shea mm-hmm. Coulee, nobody does it like Shea Coulee. Nobody. Uh, she is just... Uh, energy all her own and just breathtaking and uh, uh, mm, she just mm, so I, I just I can't even I put think, it to words. Can I but, say like a tie? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, RuPaul did. Oh. <laughs> so, um, Shangela, I just the work ethic, the fact that RuPaul said, "You know what? You can go home first, but there is something about you that we're gonna bring you back again and again and again and again." There's just something about Shanji. I love it. And the fact that she lived in Jennifer Lewis's basement, like, and that they have that, like, mother-daughter-son relationship is just beyond to me. That's, like, a dream come true, you know? <laughs> when I found that out, I was like, this is so random, but also so Shangela. Like, it didn't shock me. It makes me. sense. Yes. The mother of Black Hollywood and the drag queen of of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Um, and what was your favorite lip sync of all time? Okay, so my favorite lip sync of all time. It's a very one-sided lip sync because I did not like the other side of it. Yeah. Was um, Trinity K. Bonet versus Milk. Ooh. I think that that was a lip sync that kind of wait. Embodied which one I didn't hear? That you don't have to move that much during the lip sync. Your body don't always have to be in action. You just gotta ride yeah. the song. Wait, which song? This was uh, what a man. Okay, yes, yes, against uh, milk. Was yes, it? against milk. Okay, and I think yeah. that's like the perfect example of, like I said. Trinity just wrote the song. She wrote the song. When she needed to move, she moved. Absolutely. It wasn't crazy movements either. It was just nice, smooth movements. Whereas Milk did the typical I'm in a lip sync on Drag Race thing where she's just moving the whole time. She just don't stop moving. Well, I think the conversation that continues to come up is the idea of living in the song versus like either performing the song or just giving what you would give in a bar because it's 1130 and you need some more money. Um, 
So I really appreciate the lip syncs where the person is literally living in the song because there's so much more to a lip sync than just the lyrics to me. Learning your lyrics is just step one, okay? Mm -hmm. Then I feel like you have to learn the music and like interpret that with your body as well. The music is slick, is slow moving, it's like got a groove to it. And Trinity was just staring the judges down. Like, and Trinity, that's all she needed to do. <laughs> she said, this is my moment. I'm not going home. Don't play with me. And I still stand by this. Why. Trinity has never lost a lip sync on Drag Race, even the one that Absolutely took her not. home. Absolutely not. She is the lip sync assassin. She is the moment. And I don't know why she hasn't been on All Stars. Just saying. I am hoping that we see her soon. I'm praying that we see her soon. Me too. All right, girl. Now we got to get into this season 13. How you feeling? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm liking 13. I think, like, for me, especially getting deeper and deeper into drag as a performer myself, I start to appreciate the episodes more and more. Yes. I like looking at the behind the scenes, like, you know, knowing now what goes into it all, you get to see it and appreciate it from a different angle. Yes. You know? Um, but I am loving 13 just because Rue is shaking the table. Things are a lot different. It feels like one big, long episode. This is part three of episode one, if you ask me. Yes. Um, <laughs> but um, these girls are really entertaining and fun. And the fact that they have pitted them against each other means that it's going to make for a very interesting uh, dynamic even throughout like the end of the season. Because I guarantee you, when we get to the end, it's going to be like, you started out in the bottom, and now you're here. How do you feel? That sort of thing. Oh, the good old messy flashback moment of the person losing um, the lip sync. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh. <laughs> I just pray it's not Elliot with two Ts. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> So in episode three, we start with the um, winning queens, as they call them, the winner's circle, returning to the workroom. And um, <laughs> they talk about how it's a tornado and how Candy and Got Mig did all that crying for nothing. Yes. Because as we know, they did a lip sync for the win with Olivia and Simone. And Simone is our first winner of the season. I, thinking through this, starting with Candy, I thought that it was about to be a very funny, not uh, technically we could say foreshadowing moment when Candy was like, my sister uh, Dahlia went home first. Right. And da 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 talking all that smack. And when she didn't do that good, I was like, oop. Look like you about yeah. to follow in the footsteps. Oh, I just think it would have been such a tragedy to not have Candy Muse on our screens for a little bit longer. <laughs> it would have it been horrible for Candy to go home on a second episode. But also, I, me being the reality TV fan, that storyline uh -huh. would have literally made because she came in saying, I'm doing better than Dolly. I don't care. Right. But the fact that Aja didn't do well, the fact that um, Dahlia didn't do well, gives me hopes that third time's the charm and she will make it very far. Because 
I really enjoy Candy and I think she has the personality to go all the way. Now let's just see what's in that suitcase. Yes. <laughs> so um, then we have, you know, the rest of them. <laughs> I am a huge fan of Simone. I think that she is going to make it to the end as well. Um, how do you feel about her? Simone, I have a soft spot for Simone. Because I, I think Simone is an amazing drag queen. Simone can make it all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. And also, Simone and I are both Los Angeles queens. I don't know Simone. Right. But I do know that um, sometimes the um, white gays of West Hollywood have a hard time differentiating Black people, even though they don't look anything alike. Oh, of course. And it doesn't make it any better that my drag name is Espy Azalea Simone. Oh, Lord. So, <laughs> quite often, as I performed in the past, um, people would, if they didn't call me Cornbread, they would think I was Simone, or they would tag me on Instagram <laughs> in videos of Simone performing. And I'm just like, okay, my, my name is Espy Simone, sir. Um, we are two different people. So I hope you get some some followers oh, I, from that I, at I, least. I've gotten a few. Um, the drag race tags came in a little bit when it first started. They kind of slowed down, but I did pick up a few followers from them. That's hilarious. I enjoyed that. Oh my God. But it's I've been familiar with Simone since I moved to LA. So I'm very happy to see Simone on my TV screen. Absolutely. She's just got it. Like RuPaul said, she's a star Mm -hmm. and I can't wait to see, you know, what else she has to bring to the table. So they wonder about the other girls and how they're doing. They come to the realization that this is going to create a dynamic. Um, (laughs) Olivia says, well, we're calling ourselves the winning team. So there's only one other name for the other team. So (laughs) that pretty much sets the stage for how this is going to go. And I noticed that they put winning queens on the screen last episode when they walked in the workroom. So I'm just wondering what they're going to put on the screen. And it turns out it's not losing queens. It was pork chop queens. So I guess that's what they're going to be called. (laughs) So then um, the pork chop queens come in the workroom, which makes me wonder, like, do they get the day off while the other queens are filming? I don't know. That's... I was... I'm trying to think of how that goes also. Like, is it a day and a half type thing? Or do the other queens just have days off? Right. Like, it would make sense if they did it all in one day. That way they're, you know, on the same page and they just did like half a day. But filming takes forever. So I doubt it, you know? Yeah, I would imagine they probably had a day or two off. Right, because they got to, like, clean the workroom, sanitize everything because COVID, and then reset. So, I don't know. It just don't feel like, you know, they probably got a day off, which sounds great. But um, they also are taking extra episodes because I was wondering about the fact that they are, never mind, I guess we should get to it later, but they're not eliminating anyone on the last episode. They're not eliminating anyone on this episode. Spoiler alert. I hope you've watched the episode by now <laughs> if you're listening to this. But, <laughs> but apparently this isn't your normal uh, number of episodes. They actually have uh, a few extra episodes. Is it 16 instead of 13? 12 episodes? Something like that. The point is, 
they already knew what they was doing and they accounted for it with a few extra episodes. So maybe we won't be seeing some double eliminations. Um, so that's interesting to me. Oh, I'm trying to think because yeah. I didn't realize the number of episodes that they had. Right. Like, you know, they have. Excuse me. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, I mean, I, I always love a good double elimination. Like I said, I'm a child of reality competition television shows. Mm-hmm. And nothing gags me more than the judge being like, actually. You both Ooh, could go. y'all could go home. Yep. I completely agree. Um, so hold on just a second. <laughs> oh, hello. Oh, sorry. Recording the podcast. You still need me? Okay, I guess that's enough. <laughs> okay. Anyway. But, yeah, so I love that, too. I love the gag of saying, you know what, both of y'all, get out of here. And I definitely think that there's an opportunity for that to happen with this specific group of queens. (laughs) But But, um, I think it's going to be just a normal season once we finally get all the girls together next episode. But that being said, let's get back into, you know, the beginning of this one. RuPaul walks in and um, basically apologizes for what she is putting them through, but says that it'll make them stronger. And the girls talked about the fact that this kind of lit a fire under their asses and they feel like it gives them an advantage because the other girls will feel a little bit more complacent. What do you think? So I don't, um, I don't necessarily think that it gives them an advantage because, you know, sometimes if you... It's two ways that you can really do a competition. And that's kind of how I am. If I go in and I do bad, that'll light a fire. But also, if I go in and I win the first time, then I'm like, oh, okay. I like this feeling. Let me keep achieving this. Yes, exactly. You know? Um, Because you want to keep that momentum. Exactly. And I think either way, it's a wake-up call. Like, you go in thinking, you know, oh, I can win this. But to win the first episode is a wake-up call and to be like, oh, I could really win this. But also to lose is like, oh, okay. I got to work a little harder. Right, I could win this, but clearly I got to do something a little bit different. Right, hopefully these girls do something a little bit different (laughs) because the first episode was not cute for them. Or at least some of them. For some of them. them Yeah, Tamisha. Um, Tamisha was just there by the default of somebody had to lose right (laughs) right but she lip synced against uh simone so i see why she lost in that case Uh but it was just because of the different interpretation of the song in my opinion yep so but i thought they were both great they could have put both of another two in the bottom and then put both of them in the top but that's just me (laughs) come on mick (laughs) you <laughs> Ooh, that one was bad. That one was bad. That but Rue tells them it'll make them stronger and then introduces them to the mini challenge, which happens to be the same as the one from last week, except instead of Day Tonight, it is Lady and the Vamp fashion show. So basically the exact same theme. <laughs> Subtle nuances. Subtle nuances. 
same looks. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing they didn't want them to have to bring an extra costume, you know? So they probably described it on the sheet as day to night, lady and the vamp, you know, hooker, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Um, That way they could spin it how they want because... I, I know you're a huge fan of Drag Race and know all of the tea. They, like, put something on the sheet for you to bring, and then they describe it as something completely different on the show. Yep. So you, which... you kind of just get, like, a keyword where they like, oh, air. And yeah. Then and then it's be... like a cloud runway. And because you did the breeze instead of the clouds, you're in the bottom. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So the girls are starting to get ready and we immediately find out that Kimora has never done a face in an hour before. <laughs> <laughs> and Rose's like, girl, it doesn't look like you're wearing five hours of makeup. Exactly. But that's how long she usually takes. In the nicest way possible, um, I don't see the five hours. Honestly, I don't even see three hours on her face. And I mean, okay, on one hand, if you want to look supernatural, that is going to take a little bit longer than typical drag makeup does because, you know, you have to erase your natural features and paint new ones on. But she has really great features already. Like, she could do a 45-minute face and look gorgeous, if you ask me. Exactly. it comes down to experience. Um, I just want to also touch on the fact that she said that she loves this challenge. She's a look queen and jaws will drop. Hold on to that in your mind for later. Um, Cause we're going, we're going to talk about that, but um, yeah, she's like screaming ah, ooh, ooh, and like panicking. Whereas everyone else is just like doing what they need to do. And it's, kind of frustrating because as a drag queen you're just like girl you don't have at least one standard mug that you can do in an hour I guess not and I I I think every drag queen like you said needs to have that standard look that they can do in an hour because gigs pop up all the time absolutely but also thinking about this Kamora is from I guess the part of the drag world where she has all that time to do that. The pageant world where you can wake up early in the morning, you can do your makeup all day long, you can go do the pageant later on. Is she a pageant queen? Is that what she do? Yeah, Kamora Hall is a pageant queen. Oh, okay. See, I didn't know that. I thought, well, later in the episode she says that she, like, only performs every two to three months. And that would make sense if you're only competing in a pageant every two to three months. But it's just like, ma'am, still, you know you're going on Drag Race. Like, I I don't know about everyone else, but I researched and I found out how much time they give you. And I know that you have to, you know, be quick. So my thought process is like, okay, if we're doing a design challenge and I know we only have so much time, I'm going to start doing my makeup early if I'm going to be doing something extra on my face. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way. I would rather come out looking a little bit crazy or a little bit off than have production looking for me. Because um, <laughs> time is money in the film industry, right? So, like, the the fact that people would be waiting on you is just not a good look for RuPaul, but also the crew that has to like you in order for you to win. <laughs> right. And t- not only is time money, but 
you auditioned, you were selected out of thousands of people Oof. for you to be late yeah. on the third episode. That you already could have been sent home. That oh. you already could have been sent home. I think for some people, especially sitting at home watching, who auditioned, it's like, okay, I wouldn't have been late. It's kind of like, well, dang, girl. What's going on? Yeah. So, like, they give the call for five minutes, and obviously editing plays into the show. We know that. But they call for five minutes, and, like, all the other girls are getting dressed, and it still looks like Kimura's still putting on eyeshadow. Mm -hmm. And just, oh, my goodness. Like, I... I just don't get it. I can't wrap my head around it because if I saw that or if I knew that I didn't know how to get my face done that fast, I would be scanning the room, seeing where everybody else is at, and I would be trying to at least match pace. You know, like, oh, they're on contour. Let me just go ahead and get some contour on my face and blend it out. Oh, they're on, you know, clothes. Let me start putting on my pads and I'll finish the rest of my face as I go. Something. (laughs) It's about cutting corners to get to the end. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's my thing. Sometimes I've even been in the place where I like literally will get dressed while my face is not done. And I'm like, I'll put on lashes in the car or I'll, you know, finish this part or I'll do lips after I get the costume on. That way I can at least walk out the door as soon as I'm done. That sort of thing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, I personally like to take three hours to get ready if I have the time, just so I can, like, take my time, relax, get into that sort of, I get the idea of a spiritual sort of, like, ritual of it all, but she can get it done in an hour if she has to, because <laughs> most of the time you do. <laughs> and I think that take your time, but also be able to get it done within an hour. That's the Absolutely. lesson learned. And I think that's... a something that people of the future I thought it was like general knowledge that you have to rush when you get on drag race you don't have that much time but like for anybody thinking about auditioning practice that mug in an hour get your hour mug down I feel like that should be in the packet like if they want to narrow down their scope like they should let people know like hey you'll only have 45 minutes to paint your face you'll only have this much time to do this like you know just letting people know that way they don't get on the show and then can't make a garment like you know Mm -hmm. you will be able to I mean you will have to sew but you will be able to get materials that sort of thing like let the girls know But nonetheless, we get to the runway and it's the uh, lady looks. So we start off with um, producers are standing by. We got Rue and the judges waiting. We need Kamora to the stage. But then they go on without her, allegedly. I don't know. I think there was some funny editing here. But um, she makes it to the runway. Something that people on social media notice. In some confessionals, Kamora has eyebrows, and in some, she doesn't. Ooh. So we definitely have some good shady editing moments right there. Of course. And I'm surprised they didn't catch that, because after Detox um, was smart enough to change her nail color on each episode and in the confessionals so that you could match them up, um, I thought that they would be stricter about the queens looking the same in every confessional. Uh-huh. 
So that means that these eyebrows come from a different day. So that is very interesting. But with the joy of reality television, you know that things are kind of spliced to put right. it where you need to see it. Because if everything was put in the exact order that it happened, it wouldn't be that interesting. Right. It's it's all for entertainment. And we know that the show is produced because it has to be. So it is what it is. And And PSA for everyone listening, that means that you can't take everything you see at face value. Don't think that, you know, Kimora is a, a bad drag queen because she can't get ready in an hour or whatever. It's all reality TV. This is just a storyline. <laughs> and everybody got to have a storyline. Yes. Even if your storyline literally... is not having a storyline. Right. And they literally each have a story producer that is designed to help with that. So... Anyway, we get to the runway, and first out of the gate is Denali. She's wearing this, like, blue floral thing with this yellow stacked thing on her head. <laughs> thing. Um, that, that's the... It, it's a no for me. It's... <laughs> I didn't hate it, but just... We said this on the virtual viewing party. Like, it's the wigs for me. Denali has not given me a wig that I have enjoyed with her look yet. Yes. Um, a, yeah. a wig that matches. Yeah. Like, the first one, it was just, like, the lace was too dark. And and, and I got the whole Elsa thing, but... Oh, mm, wait. With and, the... Are you talking about the wig from the lip sync? Yeah. So the lip sync episode, I know exactly where that wig comes from. This is an L.A. girl oh. who makes it. The ponytail? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That, that is drag stop. The drag stop is what they're called. Oh, I know her. Yeah. And the minute she walked in, I knew that it was a drag stop wig, which the wig is very cute. Right. It's just, oh, where did they fit the outfit? Why this style? Oh, she's trying to give you Elsa. She's an ice skater. Get it? Get it? No. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. So, I mean, I don't hate... That's the thing about Denali. I love the neck up. I love... Well, I can't even really say I love the neck up. I don't understand this wig. It's got a little ponytail on the side, but it's also, like, a beehive of some sort. Like, what is happening? Who... I don't know. But then the bottom, the neck down, it's cute. I like it. I love the appliques on the tights. Even though the tights are kind of baggy in some places. Yeah, I like, was just about happening? to say that. I wasn't, I didn't notice it. And then I was talking to Hershey and Hershey was like, Espy, the tights are scrunching up. And then I looked and now I can't unsee it. Right. It's like, okay. But that's the thing, like, we are nitpicking, and it's only because this is Drag Race. This is the Olympics of drag. This is you beat out thousands of other girls to be on here. So, like, Miss Ma'am, the tights should have been pulled up to your nipples so that this didn't happen. Exactly. <laughs> should have been pulled up or should have been a size smaller. Right, exactly. But I'm th I'm guessing because she's, or not she, but someone, sewed the appliques on there. They wanted them to be, you know, to have a little give to them so that they didn't rip when she put them on uh -huh. there. But, like, what happened to a fitting? What happened to a fitting? 
because uh, they could have been taken in. Like, that's how these things work. But whatever. So next up, we have Joey J. Yes, mom, mom. Serve She's us. not wearing a wig because that's her thing. Yeah. S- serve us um, this. <laughs> this. Okay. You know what she's serving me? She's serving me. Um, it's late October. I'm going to the mall. I have two kids, but they're at home with their dad. And uh, I just wanted to look really cute for the mall. I'm not actually here to get anything. Not here to get anything, <laughs> but possibly a, a, a mister so we can have an affair. That's very much so what it's given. Oh, yes. So I just, I, it's so simple. I'm, And I'm a fan of simplicity when it is executed well, but this is just so basic to me. I can't. It's like looking at it as a whole, the outfit at the bottom, even though I see it's a dress, it looks like you know the gold uh bodysuit that has the little holes cut into it that a lot of queens yep. wear. Yeah. It looks like that, which makes me think that it's cheap. I mean, it does give cheap. I mean, it's the type of thing that you would wear to the gig, not to perform, but to tip around. A, a good you tip know? around. And you know, we gotta always have a tip around. Right, because I'm like, I would wear this. It's not horrible. It's a cute outfit, but just not for a runway, not for Drag Race. <laughs> yeah, she should have left that in the closet. And we'll get back to the whole wig thing later. Next up, we have Rosé in this um, sort of like Jeremy Scott, Moschino kind of fashion moment. Um, I like it. In concept, something about the hair is weird with me. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. But if the, if you're gonna do a bun, this is how you do it to not make your head look super big. So I'll take that. But um, yeah, what do you I think? like this outfit. It's a good outfit. Um, it's just I don't like the way she sold it, and I don't like the purse. Right, so everything about the outfit is, like, structured and shaped, and the purse just looks like a pinata. I don't know. I think it looks very cheaply made, and I was thinking of ways, I'm like, well, how could she have done this differently? Right, and I mean, I appreciate the cheaply made aspect, because if you look at the details of the garment, it, like, all over it does kind of look cheaply made, and I'm not always mad at that because this is drag and I believe in making something out of nothing but like um it just there's a little je ne sais quoi there's a little something missing yeah, a, a disconnect between the purse and the outfit and I yeah. think it would have been really cute had she since everything is like painted on has she painted the R on the dress at the front so when you walking down you see the R and then when she turned around at the end, we see the OSE at the back. I think that would have integrated that purse a little bit more rather than bringing the yeah. purse. You could have just nixed the purse completely. Yeah, I like the purse because of the the whole spelling her name. I thought that was super clever. But like looking at this fine detail of the R, it's like you didn't even try to cut in a straight line. Like... Mm-hmm. Come on, like this looks like kindergarten art project. <laughs> well, I feel like if the R was gonna be that way, she could have at least like 
not made the outline of the purse round. You could have made the outline of the purse kind of jagged also. I think that's what throws my Okay, I'm with you on that. But I think it was to tie into the shoulders, right? Because they're kind of giving that sort of like elephant ear R shape. So I guess looking at it and dissecting it, I'm more here for it than I was originally. But I was just like, immediately my brain was just like, something's off, something something ain't right. But her hair's giving round, the silhouette is giving round, and then everything on top of it is giving jagged. So that kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a good dissection. But it's like, you have to think about it. You have to (laughs) dissect it. So that's Rose. I ultimately it's not one of the worst looks. So she did a great job. But let's talk about the crown jewel, Tamisha Iman. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Like this is giving me gorgeous, like first lady. She looks like a lady. I think that um, you know, Joey J tried to go for simple and it didn't work out. And mm-hmm. Tamisha tried to go for simple, and yes. I mean, look at it. Yes, it's simple, but it's also glamorous because of the sequin fabric, the overlay. I love the, like, silhouette, the harem pant. Like, the only thing I would say is that I wish the hair was a little bit bigger. Uh-huh. Like, not even, like, big, stupid hair. Like, I know that she probably brought to Drag Race because she's a pageant queen. But I'm thinking just, like, a little bit fuller, to match the silhouette a little bit more, but I think she's going for like lady, like real very much, and that's what she said. Very much so, lady. Very much so, given um first lady of the church, but it's not Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's a good Wednesday, and I'm just lounging around my house drinking a nice cup of tea. Yes, uh, I love it. So next up, we have Utica wearing this whimsical balls to the wall look. And she says that she's playing around in the McDonald's ball pit. (laughs) What did you think? Utica is one of the queens that I told myself I probably wasn't going to like. And then when the episode started, I was like, okay, I'll take that back. Something about Utica really makes me happy. And this outfit just reminds me of those art teachers that everybody had in life that wore colorful yes. dresses mm-hmm. and didn't care what the what the status quo was of the fashion world. They kind of just did their own thing. They wrote their own wave. And this was definitely that. Right. Right. But here's the thing. I could also see this on somebody's runway. Like, this looks like some designer was like, you know what's in? We're going to do balls. We're, we're going to do balls of every type. You know, like it looks pretty cute. I love like the silhouette of it. I love the clear panels. I love that there are different size balls and different types of balls, different textures. It's like a feast for the eyes, mm-hmm. you know? And like you said, she's quirky. She's true to herself and is going to march to the beat of her own drum. When I first saw her, I... um. I was like, I don't like that whole mixing patterns thing, but she's trying to get that point across that she's the weird one. Um, but I'm so excited to see what she's going to bring because if you look at her Instagram, she's sickening. Yes. Like, she's got some tricks up her sleeve, so don't let the, the quirkiness fool you. So I'm excited for Miss Utica. Um, yeah, yeah. I get- and then looking at her confessional look, like, she knows fashion. She's She's got tricks up her sleeve. I'm interested to see what she gives us throughout this season, what the runways are. 
I feel like she is the only queen for me this season that I don't have like a general idea of what the runway is going to look like. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Exactly. And I think I love that. I love characters like that. Um, like Milk, like we said, you know, like, um, like who else? Who else? Uh, gosh, my brain. <laughs> of characters that you, know, you <laughs> like don't really Evie know they're pull out on a runway. Yes, like Evie Oddly. Evie Oddly is Milk. one. Um, I always thought Jinx Monsoon very much so fit that fit that area because yes. Jinx. I never knew what Jinx was gonna get. Not in a bad way, but in just right. like a, oh, you weren't necessarily predictable. Right. Because there's something to be said on Drag Race for having a brand and having everything be like cohesive, um, kind of like Bianca wearing the same silhouette all, all season. Um, but anyway, so, but there's also something to be said for being outside the box. And I feel like Utica so far has kind of given us something that is so her while still being random. Right. Does that make sense? That, yeah. that makes a hundred like, sense and I enjoy that. I think that's why I started to enjoy Utica way more than what I did in Meet the Queens. Right. So we'll see. We'll see. So next up we've got RuPaul clearing her throat looking at her non-existent watch. You know. And then Kamora walks out. So I don't know if she was late, late. I think that they just played that up because she was running late. Um, but I think she made it. I'm hopeful. <laughs> I, I, I'm mad that they cut it out. I just want to know how long this vlog took. I, I really would love to know. I mean, clearly she did it in probably a little over an hour. Like she was probably a little late. But I'm looking at it and I'm just like, yep, that could have been 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Very much so could have been 45 minutes. But very beautiful. Outfit is beautiful. Um, I just... Mm, mm, I want to circle back to when she said that she's a look queen and that Jaws oh. will drop when she works on the runway. My jaw is not dropping, though. Yes. Um, it's cute. It's a good outfit. It's cute. But yeah, it's not a... Sure. Oh, my goodness. I need to get up right now and I need to go and buy this outfit outfit absolutely that's the thing it looks like something someone would wear whereas like fashion to me or and also drag sometimes like it feels like it should be more like i could never pull that uh -huh. off you know and i feel like i could see someone wearing this but like it's not giving me runway fashion yes that Ugh. Ugh. whatever but Good for her. She doesn't look bad. That's what we'll say. She doesn't look bad. So then we get into the vamp looks for the night time. And we start back with Denali. I loved this look. What did you think? With Denali and this one, I liked it. Yeah, I, this is the one time that the wig made sense. The one time. Yes, yes. The outfit is giving smoke, and so is the, the outfit, hair. The wig is just all cohesive. It's cute. Yes. It's nice. I love the way it moves. I love that it tells a story without you having to think too hard, because she's got the fan with the holes I in it. I will say, for me, I, like 
I would have enjoyed if the fan, uh, the fan has the holes, but if the outfit itself had kind of those Some signs holes. of being distressed in it. Absolutely. So it wasn't yes. a bad outfit. The outfit was very cute, but I wish, I think having the signs of distress added onto the uh, that outfit took it over itself, the top. it would have took mm-hmm. it up to that next level. Absolutely. I'm right there with you, girl. Now, Joey J. Uh. (laughs) On on my notes, I wrote meh because actually I wrote meh again because the first one was meh and this is just meh. Okay. If you look really close at this outfit, there's nothing there. She is wearing a black bodysuit with a black leotard over it with body chains and boots and a belt. Like, and she dyed her hair purple with some, I mean, red with some spray dye. Girl, what? Okay, the body is right. The body is right. Of course the body is right. That's, it's supposed yes. to be. Uh, but <laughs> that's about it. Um, That would have been very cute in the club performing a I think pink when I see her. Okay. I Yeah, if she was giving us a little, uh, you know, pink, I could see it. It's very, like, just like Elliot was giving us for her vamp look, it's giving me yes. S&M. Like, we've all seen it, we've all heard it, and this is the type of thing that you would see a queen perform S&M in. The only problem here is, this isn't a performance challenge, Joey. This is a runway. And this is not giving me anybody's runway. She could have left it on the rack at the mall where she got the last outfit too, instead of bringing it <laughs> onto Drag Race. But you know, she did say filler queen when she walked Honestly, in the door. I thinking think about the, to... she did. Um, don't manifest that. Thinking about the last outfit to this <laughs> one, it looked like the same mom went home and decided it's time for me to go to the club tonight. <laughs> right, took off exactly. that first silhouette and put on the same exact one but in a different color yep exactly just without the coat that's it so that's Joey J um, so excited to see more from her but next we have Rosé in her sickening vamp costume what I did you think? loved this costume I just didn't like the way she sold this costume for some reason. I'm sensing a theme. It's yes. Like, I think they have some queens out there who clearly have the coin to spin mm-hmm. on a nice outfit. But it just, it didn't feel like she tried on the outfit before and actually, like, became kind of like we said, becoming one with the song. It didn't feel like she became one yes. with the outfit. I know. And that's what I feel like you need to do. Live in your moment. This is your moment. The way that Simone came out and she was the 90s when she was walking and living in that 90s costume or or that 90s fashion. Um, This, I feel like you need to be giving me mysterious dark lady. You need to be strutting. You need to be like taking your time. I, I wasn't getting it, but Beautiful, very, very beautiful outfit. I don't, there's nothing I would change about this outfit. 
Of it, that's a good point. There's absolutely nothing other than to the rail. about it. It's beautiful. I love the like the fact that the boots are also matching the dripping stones that the costumes got. Like, yes. Thoughts. I just noticed the red stones on the uh hat. The bodice. Yeah. I like it even more now. Yeah, the red stones on the hat going down to the costume, going down to the shoes. I'm sure there's probably even red stones on the nails if she's smart. But, you know, nails don't really matter much on Drag Race because uh-huh. you can't really see them. Um, <laughs> but the fact that they're there is what matters. So, yeah, it's a toot for me. It's gorgeous. She's clearly got the funds. So next up, we've got Tamisha Iman giving us Elvira, but covered in Tamisha hair. looks like a mother whose kids are going trick-or-treating, and she wanted to remind the neighborhood that I still got it. Okay, look, I got a costume too, Hanny. You okay. thought that I was done. She's <laughs> freshly divorced. She's... That's why she uh, she said, I got to cinch it in. You never know who's watching. To remind y'all right. that I may be a little bit older. But I still have my group. But she still got it. Absolutely. And I love this costume. I love the concept. She's from Atlanta and she says, you know, we like long hair. We like weaves. So she gave us hair from the top, from the Ruta to the Tuta. Um, And I love that. My only thing about this outfit is I wish there was hair dangling off the like sleeves, like just cover the sleeves in hair too. Why not finish the whole the entire look in hair? And I think that would have really took this one to a next level. Y'all know Tamisha can do no wrong in my eyes. But I do think that the hair would have been... The hair on the sleeve would have really elevated it. Mm Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's perfect. Like, the hem just barely touches the floor. Like, you know, in the pageant scene, that is a thing. So all of her garments are going to be right. And I love that. I just... The only thing is looking at those arms, I wish... You know, maybe it was like, what if it doesn't give the same shape? But like, you could you could give it a little haircut to make it work. I think it could have been done, but it's a very cute, me. very beautiful. I need this hair. With the hair on the head, yes. not the hair on the outfit. <laughs> <laughs> right, because you know that's just you know some some yakky. Um, but yeah, then we get to Kimura. Cute. Simple. Very like <sighs> Kamora is the type of queen that I would want to see put in somebody's outfit and told to walk the runway. Yeah, she's giving me model. But like <sighs> at a fashion show, I feel like this would be very cute. Oh yeah. But here it just it's just cute. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's it's the same as Joey J to me. Like this is, you know, not giving me jaw dropping like she said she would. Um, it's giving me very simple, and uh, the makeup still doesn't say I take a long time to get ready. Oh, yeah, I wanted more. I want more. I don't really have much else to say. It's meh. And, uh, you know, I don't see her lasting very long. But never mind. We'll talk about that another time. (laughs) 
let's get into Utica. So she's wearing this like sort of Victorian-esque, I don't know, sort of situation where she's got like the um, like exposed hoop-ish skirt with like the big collar and the cool hair. And the part that I really enjoy about this is that it's a tie-in from her first outfit because now she's got the balls, but they're crushed and covered in black paint. So I really love that storyline so from her. What did you think? One, I really enjoyed. And what just came into my brain is she looks like a Pokemon gym leader. Like, I feel like if I oh, were to go into God. a dark type gym or a ghost type gym and see Utica there <laughs> and you just replace the crushed balls with Pokeballs, it would make sense. Oh my God. That's a sickening concept. I'm thinking like she starts out as the first character, but then like halfway through the match, you start beating her and she's like, oh no, let me pull out my dark Pokemon. And then she like, yes, that, or even if they two different gym leaders and the first one is like a fairy type and you just replace those balls with Pokeballs. Ooh. It just, she, like, I just thought about Pokemon when I saw her just now. And this made me fall in love with this outfit even more. She literally looks like I, I could see that sprite being edited into a Pokemon game. Yep. I somebody get on that. Somebody give us the season 13 girls as Please. Pokemon gym leaders. Thank you. <laughs> also, shout out to Espeon. Oh, yes, the Pokemon me. Did y'all not catch that? <laughs> yes, that's me. <laughs> you need some Pokemon merch, girl. <laughs> but yeah, I love this look from Utica. I just I love her perspective it always keeps us guessing she's selling it she's wearing it well yeah I, no notes not. Me. I love this this is oh and the cape I just noticed that there's a cape I love that wait oh there is a cape and that's, yeah, that's cute yeah yeah she did that so that's our mini challenge um we get back to the, the workroom and uh, it's time for the main challenge where the girls will have to do exactly what the, girl, the, the, the winning team had to do, except with a different song called Phenomenomenomenomenon. So like I said uh, at the viewing party, my theory is that this is all one big episode and it's the same mini challenge this is the main challenge, but each team is the two different you know, given a different song. They just stretched it. Uh-huh. Out. Yeah. It's they they stretched it out. It's just one big episode. <laughs> um, I'm happy to see though at the end of this episode, the preview for next week, they're bringing them together. The moment we've been waiting like, for. Please, dear Lord, don't do it for another week. If we have to watch an entire season of like them doing the same thing every other week, I think I would be a little bit a little bit frustrated and then upset that we get to miss the mother daughter dynamic between Lala Ri and Tamisha. Is that what it is? Do you think? Because I don't know what to make of what. So what I don't seeing. know. I so I know their mother and daughter. I know that much. Okay, I didn't know that yeah, she was a so part of the So Tamisha is Lala Ree's drag mom. I don't know if it's a ah. um 
if it's a good relationship or a bad one. I guess we'll find out because the edit kind of right, seemed like she was saying who would cast this, talking about Tamisha. But mm. I think we'll see. But in the Meet the Queens, Tamisha just flat out told us that Lala Ri is her daughter. Right. So I'm interested to see that because, you know, those dynamics can go oh, a so lot deep. of different ways. Uh, I know some drag moms and drag children that have, you know, fought almost physically. <laughs> and I think it's really cool that we get to see this for the first time because I don't think we've ever had a mother-daughter not together. on the show. I think right? they've had family yeah, no. on the show, but not like that close. And I, drag family trees right. always fascinate me because I watched Kennedy Davenport critique the first episode and it seemed like everybody that showed mm-hmm. up on the screen, Kennedy was like, that's my cousin. That's my cousin, sister, brother, daddy, mama, <laughs> twice removed. So the drag family trees right. always get me excited. So I'm glad to see a mother and a daughter competing together. Yes, I'm excited for all that entails and whether the fact that Lala Ri is on the winning team and Tamisha is not, if that's going to play into it. If I I feel like Lala is going to need a little help. So I wonder if uh, Tamisha is going to give her that help. But I hope it does. I guess only time will tell. If this ends in them lip syncing against each other, ooh. I, oh, you and know, I they know reality it. TV is going to say they're going to have to listen against each other, kind of like Coco and Alyssa, where it was kind of written into the stone that this was going to happen. I, okay, of course. I, I'm telling myself it's not going to happen, but in the back of my brain, I know it's going to happen. And we already know how it's going in, too. So. <sighs> I guess it depends on the song. I guess it depends on the song. To me, it always comes down mm-hmm. to the song. <laughs> so we will see. But we get back in the workroom and um, they're starting to talk about like how old they are. Obviously, Tamisha is the oldest. But she says that these girls are younger than her biological children. I what? did not expect that at all. But it also does not shock yeah. me. Because I was telling uh, a friend this the other day. Tamisha looks like all of my uncles. All of them. <laughs> like, if... Oh my God, I, I, That's the only way I can explain it. Out of drag, Tamisha just looks like all of my uncles. So it doesn't mm-hmm. shock me that Tamisha has kids. I definitely see it. Right. Plus, like, from uh, the gays from older generations, like, it wasn't as easy to come out the, like, it's still not easy, but it wasn't as easy to come out to be who you are, to live your truth. And a lot of times they would suppress that by being in a relationship with a woman um, and, you know, living that fantasy until they got to the point where they felt they could come out. Plus, we also don't know her sexuality. She could fully be bisexual. So I just, yeah. I think it's great. I think it shows that, you know, drag queens are able to just do what they want to do. If you want to have biological kids, go have biological kids. Absolutely. Like, they're 
needs to be a straight person on Drag I know. Race. We, so I, we had a no, not Drag Race, bisexual. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited for that moment because I know I know a straight uh, gentle person that does mm-hmm. drag. So <laughs> I, they're out there. They're out there. Um, but back to the show, they have to write their own verse to Phenomenomenon, and they discuss who's doing what. Rosé is a singer. Um, did you know that, SP? Did I you know Rose that Rosé's a singer? singer? And I knew that Rosé was with Stephanie's <laughs> child. Right. right. Which she doesn't want to forget Stephanie's child is from Louisiana. <laughs> Yeah, Laguna oh, Blue, cool. she's from I Prairie didn't know that. Uh, Oh, okay, cute. I'm <laughs> sure she'll be on next I season. don't like <laughs> Stephanie Child's voice, but I don't know if it's me not liking Jan's <laughs> voice or all of their voices. So I, I, I was very interested in seeing Rosé perform alone. Right, right. I think that's going to be very interesting to see if she lives up to the hype. Um, you know, Denali is super excited about this. Then, um, you know, oh, Elliot, I mean, not Elliot. Oh, my yeah. God. Joey J. Sorry, I got my filler queens mixed up. Joey J. <laughs> says that she's not a rapper or a singer, but she's really gay. And that's yeah, going to help her somehow. <laughs> I'm like, girl, you meant that filler queen shit. You really meant that. I, I didn't oh. know what to take from that. I didn't know what she meant from that. I sure. The only way that would have worked for me is if she came out and she was just like, "Yes, yes, Miss Kitty, yes." Like, you know? she confuses me. Then it would have been funny. Yeah, I think she confuses herself, but. More on that later. They start talking about the choreography that they have to come up with. And Denali, Rosé, and Joey J are all apparently choreographers, all dancers. And uh, it's a lot of cooks in it's the kitchen. It's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. And I think that these this group in their head is like, we, lo- we lost the first episode. I have to prove myself. So I want to say I choreographed it. But also, you literally just had Tamisha say that she competed at over 200 pageants, and she won almost 95. So, I feel like in their brains, unless they don't understand how a pageant goes... I was about to say that. I don't think they understand what that means. I guess me as a Southern person who has been surrounded by pageants since I've been exposed to drag knows that, oh, you winning all these pageants. You might not be a choreographer, but you've gone through enough choreo in these talent numbers to know how to put a one-two step together. Yep. Absolutely. And she does show us that when they get to rehearsal because it's it's chaotic. Um, I feel like I would have been like Kimora that was like, okay, who do I listen to? Except maybe not as panicky, a little bit more direct. Like, this, this is too much. Y'all are all talking at the same time. You're saying different things. What is what? Yeah, it was... It was... <laughs> But to me, it was too many uh, alphas in the pack. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And, you know, 
Tamisha doesn't want to step forward and stir the pot, you know, too much and just like let them do what they do. But I think she should have. I think she should have been like, let me let me just handle this. I think it would have been very nice and a very different choreo had Tamisha started it from the beginning. I, I, we can't say, oh, I would have liked it more, but I feel like I would have liked it a little bit more. Right. Had Tamisha. And I don't hate, I didn't hate the choreography that they had. I honestly yes. thought it was better than the, the other team. Oh, 100%. All the way around. But, <laughs> but I would have loved to see the like, pageant perspective because the choreography at pageants is just beyond you know like it's clean because it has to be they literally dock points of one of your dancers steps the toes out of line so you know that they have it precise and 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 right and you know that tamisha knows how to facilitate that environment yeah but i get the point of not wanting to step up Especially with them not knowing that this is a non-elimination episode, I probably would have been like, Mm-mm, "We fucked up the first time, right?" I'm gonna just do my choreography the best that I can do. Right. It, so just in case, can just in case the <laughs> ship sink, I don't want be in the captain's seat. That is fair. That's very true. Um. It, it was just a little too much. But, you know, they made it through and it ended up being cute. Yes. Question mark. But before we get to that, <laughs> um, we have to talk about the runway. So for this runway, they had to do sheer. What was the actual statement? Remember. It was a joke. Oh, we're... We're here, we're sheer, get over it. <laughs> Ooh. That that, that sounds like something RuPaul would say. Right. The first one was LeMay, you stay. So this one's we're here, we're sheer. So wait, does... Okay, stepping out of podcast mode, does the thing come first? Does the... the... Yeah, the song yeah, comes first. Yeah, I think the phenomenon comes first, doesn't it? The runways. Okay. Okay. Well, now we just have to wait for these damn commercials. <laughs> and then I kind of want to skip that entire dance part because there's nothing really to talk about. Like, we already talked about it. So, can I skip to. Oh, okay. Okay. They have to still get ready. So, let's do that. Oh, yes. Oh, so it's Elimination Day. What do they talk about there? Kimura. Oh, this is where we can talk about Kimura again. Okay, so back in action. (laughs) So before we talk about the performance, let's talk about the workroom. So we get back, it's Elimination Day, and um, we get this cute little mirror moment with Kimura, which usually means they're going home, but in this case, we know it's not an Elimination Day. So (laughs) she gets really emotional because she doesn't really feel supported at home during Mm -hmm. drag 
by her partner. I how do you feel about this? This is such a weird thought process for me because different people, different strokes. So you know, if I can't say hiding her drag seems to make her happy, but some people just want to appease their partners. So if it seems like she's like, you don't like drag, so I'm not going to bring drag around you. I am the complete opposite. I've never actually dated anybody. I've never had a partner. So I still can't wrap my brain around that mm-hmm. in the dating pool myself. When I tell men I do drag, if they're like, oh, I don't like that. I'm like, okay, well, I don't like you. Bye. Because I don't want to compromise myself Period. and my happiness just to enter a relationship because once I get in that relationship then what I'm going to do? Sneak around and do drag? That don't sound like I'm going to be happy. Absolutely not. And I think the difference here might be that Kamora, it sounds like she's been in this relationship for a long Uh time so maybe the drag came after and she didn't want to lose the relationship but I, my idea of a relationship means that like what makes you happy I should support and what makes me happy you should support you know so I just drag is such a big part of my life I don't think I could ever be in a relationship with somebody who doesn't support my drag like I literally have wigs all down the hallway if my partner said no these wigs can't go in the hallway then like no we're thinking about your wigs in the hallway I will say I have been looking at some um some nice old tacks and things to Apply the wigs to the wall alone because that that's that's good. That's good. It's it's such a great way to store them. Like they're hanging there. Like obviously, you know, you don't want to let them collect dust up there. You gotta rotate them and, and clean them and make sure, you know. But it's like if they're styled, it keeps them from getting smushed in, right. in a box or on a you know head. And plus so wig heads much. take up space like physical room but also, so i was just like let me make a wig <laughs> i just it's it's always interesting to mm-hmm. me how many people i meet that want to do drag but their partners don't like it i had a roommate who was always fascinated with drag and thank goodness that they are not together anymore his boyfriend at the time who was sitting in the living room i was doing drag at this point and me and my roommate were talking about drag and my woman was like, maybe you could put me in drag one day. And his boyfriend straight up said, I promise you, if you do drag, I will break up with you. Well, I, I, I don't want to say oh, anything because, okay, you know, this is not my relationship. I'm just like, all right, mm, I'm outspoken, mm-hmm. but also you my roommate. I don't want to, like, jump into your relationship. And now our living situation is kind of weird. So I sat back and I was quiet. My roommate Mm -hmm. looked kind of sad about it. But I was just like... Right. My thing is, is like, no matter what, even if we were talking about, like, I don't know, like, anything else other than drag. If somebody's like, if you did this, I would break up with you. If it's not, like, cheating, then, like, okay, bye. Like, I'm not into the whole ultimatum sort of thing. Like you're not gonna it's tell me so what I can't and cannot though, do because you're not they my would mama. literally wear my outfits jokingly, <laughs> but it was like, oh, this is just a joke. But if you ever take it seriously, we done. So I I see wow. things like this happen, I cannot and imagine. it hurts me 
because I feel like there are so many talented people that we don't get to see because of the situations mm-hmm. that they in. But I, I'm kind of, even though I just talked about her and uh, her not hour long mug, I'm glad she brought that up because that is the point that I don't think too many people talk about. Right, right. So, you know, when you have to hide in the shadows and do your makeup somewhere else or whatever, like you can't get, like it sounds like she she said she has storage units with her drag in it so that it's not in the house. It sounds like she's literally doing this in secrecy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no man is worth that, girl. Like, unless he is paying for these costumes, which I hope not. Because <laughs> oh. goodness, goodness gracious, I could not imagine having to hide what I do. It's just such a big part, especially when you're on drag. Like, what's she supposed to do now that she's on Drag Race? She's got to travel the world. She's got to perform more than ever. You were... (laughs) Sorry. I was just thinking about, like, hiding things, and I was like, no. I'm I'm completely out there, and I remember my father does not know I do drag. (laughs) So... Okay, I kind of get it a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's the thing is, like, you can't choose your father, but you could choose a man. So, and and that's the thing is, like, but your father's still not going to stop oh, no, you from not, doing no. drag if that's what you want to do. Obviously, there are different situations. Now that you are out of the house and, and supporting yourself, that is the case. But, you know, that's a different story. So... That's Kamora in a nutshell. She's got a lot going on. But (laughs) during this segment, we also hear about um, Tamisha bringing up her amazing drag daughter, Tandy Iman Dupree's performance that I'm sure if you are a fan of drag, you have seen. She drops out of the ceiling, dressed as Superwoman, into a split. And it was the split heard around the world. Oh, 100%. Are you familiar with the clip? 100, I know you are. 100, 1,000%. 100, that is a clip that I saw. I remember it went viral, but I had saw that clip far before that because I didn't know what drag was until Drag Race. So I, I learned right. what drag was. I didn't know who RuPaul was until Drag Race. I knew the song, Supermodel. Mm-hmm. I knew all that, but I didn't realize that RuPaul was a drag queen. I didn't know drag queens were, like, a thing. Oh, gotcha. So, when I saw Drag Race for the first time, I just watched the first season. Second season I saw, I kind of dived deep into it. And I remember searching through YouTube, and I ran across that video in the middle of season two of Drag Race. And that video has never left my mind since that moment. Right? Rent free. Rent free. <laughs> and it, uh, anytime I hear I holding out for a hero, that song comes to my brain. Absolutely. And like to me, nobody else can do it justice now. Like it's just like, why would you even touch that song? Yeah, absolutely um, not. Unless you're gonna give us the fairy godmother from Shrek, then I don't wanna see it. <laughs> honestly if it wasn't a liability I performed uh, holding out for a hero when I came home and I was so tempted to just come down on the ladder I was like you know I can't do the split but I would literally just come down at the start of the number climbing down the ladder Just that would be so funny just to come from the roof that's it 
I'd be like, look, I did it just like her. I ain't get the split quite right, but I did climb down the ladder. So y'all can't say I didn't come from the ceiling. <laughs> See, I love that take on it. I love that. So um, she also tells Rue that, like, she would have been one of the girls on Drag Race. But I completely agree. Like, I, it's a shame that she's not here to see how she impacted the world. Mm -hmm. Because it's honestly, like, so iconic that people that don't even know her name know that video. And I, I just, you know, I wish people got their roses while they were here to, to smell them. And looking <laughs> at it now, I... I was shocked at how many people have not seen that video. Right? Like, now it's, like, taking over the internet and, like, people are gagged. And I'm like, girl, where you been? That proves that you were a fan of Drag Race, not a fan of Drag Queen. Right. And I, I, I thoroughly believe that if Tandy was here today, Tandy would have been on this show. Oh, yes. Like, season one or two. Been, been, been on the show. And that's my favorite type of queen of the Pageant queens get a bad rap, but I love them from head to toe. Right. Like, obviously, we can't rewrite the past or anything like that. But, um, like, I think about the way that Jada was on last season because Tamisha could not be, and they needed to fill that pageant queen mm -hmm. role. I almost feel like Tandy could have filled the Tyra Sanchez role. Yes, that could have been that. And then could have won and been like the pageant queen that we deserve. No offense, uh, whatever her name is, uh, Tyra. She doesn't like to go by Not, Tyra uh, anymore. Jane. King James. James Ross. <laughs> King James Ross. King James. I have a song so, yeah, no Tyra, so that's King a whole James. different spot. <laughs> Wait, what? Who, me? Oh, Tyra in general? Oh, yeah. I love Tyra. Oh, I lived for her on the show. I just think she did too much after I, the show. That, that's a tricky subject for me because being somebody who was kind of a big Tyra uh, fan from season two onwards, these people were so racist to Tyra. Oh, absolutely. And I, it took me putting it into perspective. Tyra mm -hmm. was 21 when she did Drag Race. Wow. So if I was 21 and all this is being hurled at me of you don't deserve this, you not that good, you robbed Raven over and over and over again, then it would drive me crazy. So I'm not saying what she did was right. Right. But, but I I'm understand saying that it. these crazy ass fans pushed her to that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I'm happy that the fandom seems to be getting better, but we still have a long way to go. Yeah, a very long way to go. So getting back into the episode, we've got the season 13 edition of Phenomenon. Let's see. We start off with Denali. And okay, let's get into the outfit. I love the neck down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Denali, I... I love this outfit, but the hair I think should have been styled. But moving on to her lyrics, I thought she did a great job. She served it. She did that flip. It was sickening to me. It was it was good. I enjoyed her verse. I wasn't sure if I was going to enjoy it because I wasn't sure if it was going to be like a rap rap or what. And right. something about 
the white queens rapping on Drag Race just never sits right with me. <laughs> it it just never goes over well. Mm-hmm. But this one wasn't bad. You're right, exactly. Speaking of, then we get into Joey J with this other simple ass outfit. Filler um, queen. Yeah. Fillerverse, I, filler queen. It wasn't horrible. It was just okay. Yeah. She liked to show that she's a ballroom queen by doing that little spin, but it was just not spectacular. Then, you know, we get some like uh ribbon fan moments, which I thought was weird. Yeah, uh, that that was very different. Then the fans don't really match nobody outfit. Right, except for Joey J, whose outfit is still giving us mall. Yes, um, but Tamisha is twirling that fan like her life depends on it. Yes. And she is next question mark. Um, no, Kamara's next. Oh god! Uh, fast so, forward, please. Oh, sorry, I said it out loud. <laughs> outfit is cute, but this was so weird because her verse doesn't really rhyme. It's like the the way that it sits in the beat is weird. It just was very strange to me. I kind of wish that Kamara was on Drag Race before Jada, because. Knowing that she Jada's sister, I put her at Jada pedestal at like Jada's <laughs> level every time. Oh gosh, no, don't do that. No, I mean, no, not not saying no, not saying that like I enjoy what she does, but when oh, I no, see I understand. Her, it's just like comparing her to Jada, she's gonna lose every time. Right. And I'm like, ooh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So then we get into Rose, who looks gorgeous. I love the hair. I love the combination of the hair and the outfit. It's a toot for me, and her verse was good. What did you think about her voice? I enjoyed her voice, which means that it's not her from Stephanie's Child that I don't like. So that means <laughs> it gotta be Jan or Laguna, and uh, I think it's Jan. But <laughs> I enjoyed her voice. I enjoyed her verse. It was cute. She said, let me put the uh, singing chops on, and it worked. It worked. It worked. And she wasn't trying to do too much, so I like that. Um, then we get into Miss Tamisha Iman, who I think had one of the best verses in this whole concoction. Um, for me, it was Tamisha, Rose, and Denali who had the best verses for yeah, sure. Those were my three. I think Tamisha really wrote the song. She was on beat. She didn't do too much. Right. But she still did enough. Right. Because I feel it like when college. people write raps on Drag Race, they like, let me fit in as many syllables as I can. So, like, I'm coming for the crown and I'm about to win tomorrow again. To and I'm like, okay, just... Calm down. Calm it down <laughs> a little bit. And she calmed it down. And it was really cute. It gave us a clean, crisp storyline. Yes, exactly. So And she looked amazing. I'm excited to see more from her. That's the type of thing that you want, that, like... It it gives you just enough to be impressed, but it also makes you want more. Mm -hmm. So I thought she gave us that for sure. And it's clear that she is polished and she knows what she's doing. She is seasoned. She is not new to this. She is true to this. So then, speaking of wanting to see more, Utica gives us this whimsical, funny verse talking about wiggling her way to the top with no bones in her body. And honestly, I was here for it. Do you know what she reminded me of? Who? Was it Thorgy Thor or was it someone else? <laughs> it was someone, not even Thorgy Thor. It's, it's just so out of the drag realm. 
She reminded me of Weird Al Yankovic. Oh my God, yes. I see it. I see it. <laughs> so like listening to her verse over again, I was like, I really enjoyed this. And I think it's just that quirkiness. She has that quirkiness that just, she can sell you anything, feels like. Right. And my thing is, is like, even though this look is quirky, it's still cohesive. It's still better than Joey J. It's still <laughs> better than Elliot with two T's. Like, I'm here for it. I honestly wish that they would have eliminated Utica in the second episode so, so that be. she could be on the other team. Yep. Because Elliot, I don't... I think Elliot would have been better on this team. She would have stood out more. She would have. I, <laughs> yeah. But overall, the song on this one... Is better. Was better than the first one. It seemed like they actually kind of talked... Well, they did talk to each other about what each other was going to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas the first one felt like they locked everybody up in individual rooms. <laughs> made them record their verse, and then they all got together and was like, oh... Oh, okay. Right, here's, exactly. Here's six different songs mashed up into one. Right. But one day, we're actually going to have the conversation about how they give better songs to different people. Because oh, yes. sometimes the song is just wrong, and the girls have to rise above it. And sometimes it's a banger, and it's a hit. And, you know, like, I think Phenomenon I was marginally better, but it was definitely better than Congratulations. Right. Oh, the beat was so much better on Phenomenon than Congratulations. Like, I'm not downloading either one to my phone, but I did like Phenomenon better. <laughs> but anyway, let's get into the runway. The theme is we're sheer, we're, nope, we're here, we're sheer, get used to it. <laughs> Uh, Denali comes out wearing this like sheer flower petal situation with black shoes and a black ponytail. And I swear to God, I'm so sick of seeing ponytails. E As a ponytail queen, ponytails and bobs, those are my things. Um, yeah, no, it's... <sighs> well, see, the thing about this specifically is that the dress is pastel and then the hair is black and the shoes are black. And there's nothing to tie the two together. So it just feels very disjointed to me. But mm -hmm. I just think that it's a trend right now to wear a long ass ponytail. And like, it doesn't make sense with the outfit. It doesn't. I just, oof. I want her to really be intentional with her wig picks. Her wig picks don't seem intentional at all. Right. I love that on the viewing party, you said that I wish she would sit her looks down and sit all her wigs down. And just like in school, where they have you match one thing on one side to the other, match the wig yes. with the outfit. <laughs> match the wig with the outfit, because the wigs are cute. It's just not with this outfit. Right, exactly. So that's Denali. It's, it's safe for me. And speaking of safe, next we have Joey J in another mall couture outfit. <laughs> Honestly, I think Ross was the one that said he loved it. Well, Ross I, loves anything. I, it's not bad, but on the runway, are you for real? That looked like something I can go to Santee Alley and buy for like $10. To me, it looks like a bolt of fabric that you made into a poncho and cut two lines down the front. Mm-hmm. 
and it's uh safe safe i just also again she comes out for the third time this episode not wearing a wig and the judges critique her on it and i agree there's no there's nothing wrong with not wearing a wig i i get that we are to that point of drag race but it it needs to be said that on an earlier season she would have been roasted but i also still want to see versatility but the part that confuses me also is she brought up the whole wig thing, but I think back to her entrance look, and I'm like, you wore a wig when you answered. Right. I I don't know what that is about. Maybe it's to show us that she is going to wear wigs sometimes. But... I don't know. Um, not, Absolutely all shade, all tea. Like, I mean this when I say it. <laughs> I hope that she don't last long enough to where I can actually see her wear a wig. Well, I mean, I pray that after getting critiqued, she wears a wig next week. You right. But she know, listen, I hope I I don't have to see her wear a wig too long because she's definitely filler queen, like she says. Yeah. yeah. And since you labeled yourself as a filler queen, I kind of write you off as a filler queen. Right. Exactly. Like, why would you do that? But also, I just... I hope that her versatility isn't her like slicking her hair back <laughs> and calling that different, you know? Yeah. Not she gonna come out with a buzz cut when they tell me something y'all told me to switch it up. Right. Oh my goodness. So <laughs> next up we have Kamora Hall coming out in this big hair and this uh rhinestone bodysuit with like sheer panels on each side. I don't know. Uh, it's a no for me. Like, I know that it looks good, but I don't like any of it. I love it all separately. Yep, I guess. I would give it that, but something about this hair is just weird. Oh, yeah. I think she a little too small to be wearing this super big hair because it just swallows her. Right. The way it's like, it it goes forward and then back. It's like it 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 looks like she is a little girl wearing her mama's wig yep. and earrings. And yeah, yeah. I think maybe if the wig didn't have so much height on it, I don't right. think it's the volume, it's the height. And far be it for me or any other drag queen to say that her hair is too big. Right. <laughs> but this is the case that it needs to be proportionate in some way. Or maybe if she chopped the really big earrings, which makes maybe. her face look small, which then makes the wig look even bigger. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's You got a math equation right in front of you. It just ain't <laughs> adding up. But, yes, it just ain't adding up. Ugh. But, you know, she's a pretty girl. And uh, this looks like the exact same makeup from earlier with darker brows. I'm just going to go ahead and say that as well. And that probably took her six hours. No, we know they ain't give her <laughs> six hours. You did say you think that maybe they get more time for the main stage because she wasn't complaining that much during the... Uh... Right. She had enough time to give us her sob story. So maybe uh-huh. it wasn't maybe it wasn't as uh, much pressure. Or maybe she's going to, by the end of it, or by the end of her run, she's going to get uh, used to it. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, next up, we have Rosé. She's got big, sheer uh, arm wings and a plastic, fantastic 
dress situation. What are your thoughts? Ugly. <laughs> I, I really this, like the color scheme. I did not like this outfit at all. Um, I also was annoyed when she said, this is hand-dyed plastic. Hand-dyed does not mean it's cute. This Right. Is, no, not at all. And also, I don't know if we're going to get to the point where they give her the Willem critique, but I think she deserves it. Because something about this face, honey, is not curling all the way over for me. Like, when you get into it really close, it's just like, is that a beard? What? Like, you're supposed to contour your jawline, but it just looks a little harsh. Yeah. I I don't know. It's giving me it's giving me crimson chin. Um, I'm very thankful that I don't grow facial hair like talking about my you beard. Lucky I can grow my beard <laughs> for literally three months and it is like not even an inch long. Right. Uh that's such a blessing. I grow facial hair, but I don't have to color correct, and I am so grateful for that. <laughs> oh yes. Ooh, thank goodness for melanin. Absolutely. Um, But back to Rosé, I think it's a cute silhouette and concept. I just wish it wasn't the plastic. There's a disconnect there for me. Um, But the hair looks great. And uh, I love the color scheme. So, yeah. Let's move on to Tamisha. Yes. Just yes. Everything is perfect head to toe. No notes. Like, it's gorgeous. It is the appropriate length. The hair is appropriately sized. And I, she said glitter dots. And I know that that is like a, a pageant technique where you put like little bits of adhesive and then cover it in glue, but it can't just be that. So I look closer and I'm like, okay, okay. It's sequin fabric with glitter dots as well. And these little pearls Wait, and things. A glitter dot is literally a little bit of glue and some glitter on top of it? I mean, from the costumes from older queens that I have, like, gotten handed down, that's what my understanding of a glitter dot is. I could be wrong. But that's what it's, it, it, yes. I never <laughs> thought about doing that, but that sounds really smart. Well, you know, it's cheaper than rhinestones. It, looking at this, it can't be this, like, pattern. That can't all be glitter. Is it? No, I think I think it's a mixture of the pattern with the glitter. It has to be. It's different Lord, layers. That would take so freaking long. But, I will I say, mean, was the this like was a moment when she hit the corner that I was just so in awe that I lost my mind? No. But it's gorgeous. It, yes. Was it the best look? Yes. I was about to say, like, compared to the other girls, I still think it's, like, top. Oh, 100%. 110%. So, I'm loving that. I'm loving that for her. Um, Then we have Utica coming down the runway in this black and colorful Stevie moment with a high, long pony that's not the one that I'm tired of seeing. So, that's good. And I'm here for this. She's got an impressionistic sort of makeup going on that matches the fabric. And yeah, what do you think? She literally can sell me my own phone. She can steal my <laughs> phone from me and look at me and say, buy this phone for $100. And I would give her the $100. <laughs> because the outfit, I, I wasn't sure if I liked the outfit. 
but watching her again walk down the runway just now and just thinking and told I'm like, yeah, this is nice. She sells it and she does what we were talking about earlier about living in the moment of like what you're serving. And she was serving Stevie Nicks. She was serving the flowiness of the garment. Like she could sell ice to an Eskimo. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. I, oh, I love her. So I'm here for her. Yes. Yes. More than the outfit. I love her, you know? So um, shout out to Utica, Utica queen. Um, (laughs) So that's the runway. Um, I'm going to guess your top two is Tamisha. Oh, 100%. 110%. <laughs> I feel like Tamisha knows how to do enough without doing too much. And I feel like right. sometimes when people get on Drag Race, it's like, let me spend the most money. Let me look the most expensive. Kind of like Rosé. I feel like Rosé was trying to go abstract, look very expensive, and it just looked very cheap. And not in a good way, Chief, because Chief does not always mean ugly. Right, right, exactly. And Tamisha was like, I know what I do well, so I'm about to give y'all what I do well. And the fact that she made that... I think should have pushed her into the top because her performance was also not bad. Exactly. But we get back to the judges doing their critiques and... You know, honestly, I don't care too much <laughs> about their critiques, but they, um, you know, mark the girls safe, which we all know is not a good thing. They always remind them that at the beginning. And uh, Tanisha is not one of the winning queens. <laughs> I was kind of shocked by that. But when I heard the lip sync song, I was like, okay. Maybe it makes sense. Maybe they wanted to give the fandom who they thought they wanted to see lip sync a Britney Spears right. song. That makes sense. That that makes a lot of sense. But I've also seen Tamisha perform "Toxic" by Britney Spears, so I know Ooh, I need to go look that up. I need to go look that up because that sounds like a good time. Um, but yeah, I was not really excited about that. The bottom two, like, who do you think was in the bottom two? Besides Kimora, because we already... Kimora and Joey J. Yeah, yeah. So, I would have loved to see that lip sync. Because I think that would have definitely sent uh, Miss Kimora packing. Because Joey J, while she is a filler queen can't perform. And Kimora only doing drag two to three times a, a, a month. A month? Every two to three months she does drag. That's what it is. I don't think that she would be able to hold her own in a lip sync. I think Kimora is so like not necessarily memorable performance wise because I literally almost said I've never seen Kimora perform and then I remember she performed on the first episode. I just ah! don't remember yeah, she was in that three-way lip sync and it wasn't good for her. Mm-mm, I don't she think three-way lip sync was good for any of them, but that's a whole nother episode, whole nother subject. Right, exactly. So, you know, we get another lip sync for the win, which is cute, but I'm glad it ends this week because I want to see some girls go home. 
but they give the lip sync to Rosé and Denali, and the lip sync song is expensive. It is Britney Spears. It is If You Seek Amy. <laughs> and um, Britney can do no wrong in my eyes. She is that Louisiana legend. Yes. So I'm very happy. Have you seen her Instagram? VH1 dropping coin on these songs. Mm hmm. The lip sync overall wasn't one that I'm gonna like write down and be like, I need to watch this again. Yeah, I definitely won't be revisiting it. But Denali did very well. Yes, she came into the lip sync excited to show that without skates strapped to her feet, that she can uh, serve. And I think she delivered that for sure. She did. Rosé, I, I like Rosé's performances, but did she do a death drop in this? My brain is telling me she did. I know she did in the first one, but I don't think she did in this one. Oh, wait, no, no, no. She did because Denali did a split and she did a death drop at the same time. Yeah, the death drops. Stop. Stop it with those. Um well, you know, once a queen learns to death drop, that's the only thing she can do on the high point of a song. Yeah, put it, <laughs> put it on a shelf and forget about it. You know, I've learned that if you can't, uh, well, don't even do death drops. I can't do no death drop. I just throw my body or, you know, <laughs> anything else but I a death drop. This. I have seen this. So, okay, for all of you listening out there, please go look up Espy's uh, social medias because she literally runs and propels her body like a speeding tor torpedo at, at anything, at the wall, <laughs> at the, the audience. So listen, <laughs> the audience really enjoys when you hit the ground. They don't care how you get to the ground. Period. You just got to hit it. So yep. I can't depth drop, so I just throw myself to the ground and it gives the same effect and I don't look crunchy trying to do this which it's not even called a depth drop I don't believe I think it's called like a dip yeah from the bottom right scene. I don't look crazy doing something I don't know nothing about I know how to throw myself I'm a trained theater person <laughs> but I don't know how to dip so I'm gonna do what I need to do and I think a lot of these people need to retire the now known as the death drop right exactly so Back to the lip sync. Denali is living in the moment of the song, which I love. We know that we love that. Yes. Rosé is living in a different fantasy. She is selling the number like a comedy number. And I don't think she's doing it very well. Like, I think she's trying to hit us over the head with the, like, I'm a comedy queen. But, like, girl, you know you could have just, like, served the song. Yes. It's, it's a good approach, though. Because I think Rosé knew that she could not outdance Denali. Probably. And in my brain, if I'm up in a lip sync, I think a, a good thought process of lip syncs, if you a good competitive drag queen, is to not only assess the song, but assess who you in the top two with. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like my or bottom brain... Two. Or bottom two. My brain in this competition would be thinking of the songs, listening to them, and also looking at all of the other performers that are there and thinking of different scenarios of like, oh, if I was against this person. Not necessarily choreographing everything out, but just thinking of right. it. Right. You can't... Right. I mean, 
that's the thing. I probably wouldn't be taking into account everyone else because to a certain extent, I don't even want to know what you're doing on the other side of the stage as me. But you do have to assess how the other person's going to interpret the song uh -huh. and think about, my thing is, how am I going to win? How am I going to keep their attention? Because it's more about keeping their eyes on you than like out dancing the other girl. Because if y'all are both dancing, but you look a fool, then it's it's not worth it, you exactly. know? Exactly. And if you can't outdance her, you just do the opposite. You say, all yes. right, I'm not going to dance. I'm going to give you comedy. Sometimes it works. It worked in the favor of Simone versus Tamisha. Yes, absolutely. But, but I think Simone also like lived in the moment of the song. I don't know. There was just something off. Yeah, but this one didn't present. work. Uh, sorry. It just gave me... where. Okay, Simone's seemed effortless. Whereas Rosé seemed so effortful, like she looked like she was trying. Yes. And I think that must be the like Stephanie's Child way because Jan did the same thing. But it's just like, sweetheart, just relax and do the thing. Have a glass <laughs> of Rosé and relax. I mean, that could be it. It could be that the girls don't have a few drinks before they hit the stage. Because, you know, that helps some people. Oh, yes. A good tipsy performance is the best. Drunk performing is horrible. Oh, yes. But no. a tipsy no, performance? No, no, no. Oh, that's when I'm at my prime. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Denali wins. And, you know, Rose takes her plastic back to the uh, recycle bin. But nobody's going home, which is cute. Until next week, which we see is the, the meeting of the pork chops and the tops. I can't wait so for I'm, that. I will say, though, I I wish that the first episode happened exactly the way it did. The second episode comes on. They don't vote nobody out. The winning queens just compete. They save for the week. And then you get to the bottom queen the next week. And RuPaul is like, y'all lost that first lip sync. Show me what you got because one of y'all about to go home today. That's exactly what I think as well. I'm like, why didn't they do it that way? The bottom queen, somebody needs to go home. Make it a lip sync for your life. And I mean... And if they would have kept that formula for a, a week or two, I would have been fine. Right. And it's not like you could be mad and say, well, this person didn't meet everybody else because Kelly Mantle meet the other group. Ah! And I forgot You're the right. other one name. Kelly Mantle and somebody else. Yep. <laughs> I, I feel Whoever you. went I home mean, first, is, I don't even remember. I don't either, but you know, that's the thing about going home first. Exactly. <laughs> so, it is what it is, but I'm excited to see the drama of this prison experiment, how the queens are going to be like, well, we're the winning group, and well, we're the underdogs, or whatever. And um, next week we have a acting challenge, so I'm excited to see how the girls fare there. Because, you know, some of these queens have the personality of a paper bag. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's going to go so well. <laughs> I, in a group setting, I'm interested to see how it goes. Because mm -hmm. I feel like this is a group of queens that, for some reason, won't mesh well. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of strong personalities. Yeah, and I feel like it won't mesh well. And for them, that might not be that good. But for us, it's golden. Especially with Candy in the mix, who I know Ooh. probably will cause some mess on purpose. Of course. Yes. 
it's going to be a good season. I'm excited to see how it goes. So that brings us to the end of this episode. Um, let's take a break and then get into some tea and speculation. Yes, yes. Okay. So that's the thing that happens sometimes when queens get on Drag Race. I feel like they try to like put on a persona or produce themselves to to seem a certain way. So I could totally see Dahlia being like, I'm a fashion queen. I'm from New York. I'm a bitch. You know. Or wait, she was from LA, right? Oh, <laughs> so she's from New York. But she came oh, okay. to LA, got on Drag Race, and then packed her bags and went right back to New York. Well, I mean, hey, not mad at it. <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to do what you have to do. Because yep. even Gigi, Gigi moved to LA, and Gigi probably was in LA for not even a year before she got on Drag Race. And they label her as the LA girl, but she from Illinois. Well, it fits the story better that she's an LA queen because of the vibe that she gives off. So yep. I see it. But I will never, ever, ever get over Bianca being a New York queen when she's really a New Orleans queen. And that could have done so much for the New York scene. I mean, New Orleans scene if she was more of a New Orleans representation. No matter how much Drag Race try to tell me Bianca is a New York queen, I I don't take that. I didn't know who Bianca was because I think she moved to New York before I was able to... um go to clubs. I probably wasn't even born by the time that bitch was in New York. <laughs> right. But um, I had always said when a Louisiana girl gets on Drag Race, she will win. Whoever the I first mean, Louisiana girl is, she is going to win. Right. And Bianca proved us right, but then they kept saying New York girl. Right. Well, she did live in New York for a while. She did like costuming for musicals and things like that, which is why she can sew so damn well. But I still just like, please, like somebody needs to prove to them that we have stuff down here. We have queens down here in Louisiana that have the stuff. Yes. So, you know, one day soon. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We'll get another one. May our good sis Chi rest in peace. Great uh, representation for Louisiana drag. Period. Absolutely. Louisiana glamour, baby. <laughs> but I just want more. There's so There are so many queens in Louisiana that I can think of. Not even the South in general, just Louisiana. Right. That would represent so well on this show. Even down, like, to me, I probably, I wouldn't even want them to say I'm a Los Angeles girl. Right. Because I feel like my roots are still in Louisiana. My roots are still in Baton Rouge. Absolutely. And I think that you have control over that to an extent with how you present yourself to the the producers. You know what I mean? Exactly, baby. You might think I'm from L.A., but I'm from the South. I mean, that kind of also brings us back to Silky, though, because she said she was from Mississippi and everybody was like, we don't know you. Yeah. Yeah. But we wouldn't do that to you, girl. We wouldn't do that to you. Uh, Depending on where it's at, because, like, I performed in Louisiana, but I ain't performed that much. (laughs) They know you in Baton Rouge, okay? They do. I did fly back home and snatch that title and then got back on the plane and flew right back. (laughs) <laughs> but like thinking the Santanas, the Arias, oh my goodness. I would oh literally goodness. I would give my entire bank account. I would quit my job. I would fly and do anything <laughs> she needed me to to get Araya on drag race. Absolutely. I think that she has everything that it takes. She makes the costume, she's got the personality. Like she would slay. 
Um, and same for Santana. Like, I think that she would do a fantastic job on Drag Race. We're talking about Arias Sinclair and Santana Pilar Andrews. Oh, no, nope, oh, that's Santana not her name no more. Savage. That's not her name anymore. Yes, her I, name I catch is... myself all the time saying it. But is Santana is... Andrews Savage? It's Santana A. Savage. I'm not sure what the A stands for. You'll have to tune into a later episode of the podcast when we have her on to hear about that and the name change drama. But um, Santana Savage is sickening. Go follow the dolls and um, get into that Louisiana glamour, baby. (laughs) Please do. And I promise you, prepare yourself because Araya's nose is next level. There will never be a nose that does it like Araya's. Oof. So good. I so, tried so, so good. to imitate the Araya Sinclair nose, and it just does not work. <laughs> I'm gonna have to pay her for some lessons because okay, that nose is the it. nose. But she is sickening. I just can't wait to see like what this season gives. Who they bring in upcoming seasons? It's just I never get tired of Drag Race, right? And I think that it could last for a very long time if they do it right. It could. Even if they keep giving us all-star seasons every year. Yeah. We'll see if they give us one this year. Because they got renewed for six, right? Right. I am hopeful that they eventually give us a international all-stars. That would be really good. So sickening, right? Like, bring in the UK girls, bring in the Holland girls, bring in the Canada girls. I want to see that clash of cultures. Now, I will say I like Drag Race, but I did not watch Drag Race Holland, and I did not watch Drag Race Thailand. I haven't watched Thailand yet, but I hear that it is so good. I didn't watch Holland or Thailand because I... Subtitles, that's it. I watch anime, (laughs) and I don't mind reading the subtitles on anime. Well, then why are you riding on the drag race? I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, you got to get into it. You got to get into it. It's really good. Force yourself to do it. But also, start with Holland. That'll get you into it. Because in Holland, I don't know if it's their culture or what, but they speak a lot of English. Like, they mix it back and forth. They'll be like, this bitch. And then they'll just go right back into speaking... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Dutch. Oh, well, I've also it's never so even funny. seen the UK version of Drag Race either. Oh my gosh, girl. You gotta get you some culture. The UK is actually really cute. All of them are totally different, and they give you, like, a different uh, perspective of drag, and it really does bring you back to the earlier seasons of Drag Race because it's not as, um, like, produced or, or, like, it's not, it doesn't have as much history behind it, so they don't come in with, like, all these design clothes by a specific designer and they don't come in with all these preconceived notions. They are really just like raw and like doing drag drag. I'm gonna have to check it out. I remember watching the Meet the Queens for season one and the only one that I really liked was Blue Hydrangea. Oh, sickening. But I'm gonna have to sit down and watch it. So don't tell nobody I said this if y'all listen to this. But yes, I am a Drag Race super fan who has not seen um, three of the five extensions of Drag Race. <laughs> She's a Drag Race U.S. super fan. <laughs> Dra- yeah, Dra- Drag Race North America super fan. Because I love Canada. Oh I love me some Priyanka. Yes. Yes. What's my name? <laughs> oh. 
But all right, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much, SB, for coming to the virtual viewing party, co-hosting with me, and also doing the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's always good to talk shit. Absolutely. And I can't wait until the panorama is over and we can, you know, perform in a show together and, like, actually be together again. (laughs) I promise you I will be coming throw my body down some stairs in a bar near you <laughs> as soon as the Pandarisha is over. Yes, yes. As soon as she finishes her world tour, then we can get back to touring. <laughs> right. Hopefully she don't add no more dates because we sick of Hopefully, it at this point. Okay, period. Well, thank you so much. I hope you have a great rest of your day and uh, bye. <laughs> you too. And we're back. So, let's sip the tea. Let me know what you know. Do you know any tea or or any drama or anything that you've heard about this season? I I honestly am like, usually I know the stuff. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this season, especially mixed with a pandemic, I just not, I have not been at the bars to hear this stuff. Oh, you hear it from the bars? Oh, oh these LA girls talk. Oh my gosh, oh, I love like that. Like, the <laughs> elimination order, I have an idea of. Uh. But overall, I, I just, I don't, oh, that's, that's cute. <laughs> overall, I don't know. But it's kind of exciting for me, because, like, season 13... After, not 13, season 12. Months before the season even started, it felt like I knew everything that happened. Yeah, that's true. Because I was working. I was in bars. I was going different places. And people talk. And of course, at that point, you like don't know what's true and what's not true. Mm-hmm. But it, um, sorry, my brain just went to a different place. It just, you just hear everything. Like, everybody was so shocked to find out that Jada wasn't supposed to be on 12 when I knew Jada wasn't supposed to be on 12. Right. Like, this is even to the point that when Jada left and people knew that Jada was gone, people were talking saying Jada wasn't supposed to be there. It was supposed to be somebody else. But that person got the cut. Who that person was, I didn't know it was Tanisha. Right. I didn't know that either. But I did hear that there was, like, scandal about somebody who wasn't supposed to be on the episode or whatever. Or the season. On this season or the last one? The last one. Oh, because they they also have scandal this season of a queen who was allegedly cast, but then got the chop. Like the pork chop, like, chop, like or literally like... the chop from the cast after some scandal started to show up. Oh, yes, they didn't want another uh, uh sherry pie, sherry pie, mm-hmm. which I'm glad that they're starting to dig a little bit deeper on these people. I mean, like, how do you not do your research? Come on, imagine a drag race season. Oh, with all new, I feel like that's what it is. I will say I'm so sick of turning on Drag Race and seeing New York, New York, New York, New York, New York. Absolutely. I think that 
it's LA and New York. Yes. There's a lot of that. But I don't feel like they're getting a good swatch of what the country has to offer. Like these Midwest queens and of course the Southern queens have so much to offer. Um, I will go Goodness. on record on this podcast and y'all can clip this audio if you want and share it to all of y'all drag friends to let y'all know that no matter how many times y'all say New York has the best drag, no matter how many times y'all say Los Angeles has the best drag, baby, you have not been to the South. It's not even about a right. state or a city. If you drive from Texas to Georgia, I promise you, exactly. no matter what gay bar you stop at, that's going to be the best drag. Absolutely. I mean, just the, and, and all the other drag aside, just specifically the pageant scene, everything that it takes to put together a pageant package makes you ready for drag race. You have to be able to speak for interview. You have to be able to like perform. You have to be able to put together a package. So I think the only thing that they can get a pageant queen on is maybe acting. So, and, and a lot of queens do that for their talent. So, you know, I just feel like it's such an untapped market in that uh, they easily get discredited because the LA queens and the New York queens often have bigger um, social media followings. Yep. So, uh, you know how that goes. <laughs> yes, and... Uh... It's so unfortunate. Also, Candy was supposed to be on season 12. Oh, what? Yeah, she? that was some of the tea that I was reading. Candy was supposed to be on 12, but she couldn't do it. So that's why they got Dolly. Huh. I mean, I could see that because when I saw Dolly, I was like, well, why did they not get Candy? Okay, Dolly <laughs> Dahlia's actually a really fun person. Me and Dahlia, I'm not like friends with Dahlia. But in L.A., uh, probably about a year and a half ago, it's a show, I don't know if you ever heard of it, called America Says. No. It's a random game show, very, very random, that was looking for groups of drag queens to audition. Because it's like Family Feud, the off-brand Family Feud. Okay. But it was like That's audition, cute. Um, you can win, I think, 10,000, 50,000, some number. And, you know, drag queens be broke because drag is expensive. And it was mm. groups of five. My group was myself, Calypso Jate, Cake Moss, Selena Estides, I believe, yeah, mm. and Dahlia. Oh, cute! And we went all went in for the audition together. This is, like, literally probably a month or two before Drag Race left. So this is right before she left for Drag Race. And in person, a uh, complete kahoot. Really nice, really funny, really cool. But then when she got on TV, I was kind of... All right, that's all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and I can't wait to do it again next week. Anchor allows you to send in voice messages, so check out the link in the episode notes if you have any questions or comments for the show. And we just might respond to them on air. Until next time, keep it cute, keep it real, and don't let anyone steal your joy. I'm Laveau Contraire, and this has been Local Drag. <laughs>